ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, May 15th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swamp. You know the deal. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true. Great taste only. 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up today on the program, we're going to visit with Jake Griffith, the director of multimedia for Marshall University Athletics. You know all that video stuff you see? Yeah, that's Jake. You know the guy who calls all the games on the Herd Vision or sometimes ESPN Plus? Yeah, that's Jake. That's that guy. We'll talk to him when we come back from break here in a few minutes. So he'll join us in about 10 minutes or so. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, with Jake, who knows? And really, it's Friday. I want to have some fun on Friday. We've been down and we've been serious. We've been, you know, woe is us, maybe, kind of, I'm not sure. We're going to have a little fun today, so that's what Jake is going to do. He's going to be on the program have fun with us. But, uh, yeah, we do have to keep it serious just for a minute because we still don't know what's going on. And, honestly, I don't know what to tell you. I do know this. Tennessee Athletic Director Philip Fulmer, he's not necessarily on board to um, the SEC wanting to return June 1st. Now, I was listening to our sister station today. This is the first place I heard this, and this was over on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. For those of you who love the Kentucky Wildcats, you probably know what I'm talking about. Kentucky Sports Radio, great program that we carry every mid-morning over on Cat Sports. Well, according to Kentucky Sports Radio, Tennessee Athletic Director Philip Fulmer voiced opposition to a June 1st return date, suggesting that June 15th would be a more viable option. Now, according to KSR, and they're pretty good at keeping tabs on the SEC, Fulmer initially suggested during a virtual meeting of SEC ADs earlier in the week that the ban should remain in effect indefinitely before proposing a June 15th return as a compromise. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out when they could allow member institutions to reopen their facilities and... The SEC, they're going to play football no matter what. I I don't see them stopping. I don't see them figuring out a way to do this with fans anytime soon, but they're going to try their very best, I think, to have football. If you don't have the SEC on a fall Saturday, I don't know what some people are going to do in the South. The South might just collapse if the SEC is not there. So, be interesting to see if there's a little bit more teeth to this. As far as Philip Fulmer is concerned, he's not necessarily on board, just rushing right back. But as we continue on trying to get sports back and trying to figure out what our daily lives are going to look like, there are some impacts. A lot of it's been economically. A lot of it's been, unfortunately, with people getting sick and those who uh, have succumbed to the illness and you know, there's always a story. There's something always, you know, to look at. We're trying to keep the positives going, but unfortunately, there's some casualties here. And again, here's another one. This time, it's at Bowling Green, and they're eliminating their baseball program effective immediately. This is being taken part as a plan for a $2 million reduction to the operating budget 
of the athletic department. Their director of athletics, Bob Moosebrugger, said that this was a difficult but necessary decision. As a baseball alumnus, my heart breaks, he said, for the families affected by this decision. We will ensure the student athletes in the program have support during this challenging time. We will honor their scholarship agreements through graduation, and should they pursue their college baseball careers elsewhere, we will assist in the process of finding a new home. Of course, that's the right thing to do. You cut the program, you do two things. One, you assist that student athlete in trying to find a new landing spot if they want to continue baseball, or you honor the scholarship. That's the only thing you can do other than letting that kid play baseball at Bowling Green, which is not an opportunity now. So with that change, Bowling Green is now going to sponsor 17 NCAA Division I sports. They'll have six men's sports and 11 women's sports. 34 student-athletes, three coaches, all impacted by this. Also today, Bowling Green announced the restructuring of the Department of Recreation and Wellness to the Department of Intercollegiate Athletics. So they're trying to trim the budget. They're trying to find ways to make things work. And unfortunately, baseball takes a hit. And again, these are questions that are going to be asked later if the if the need arises to ask these questions. But you look a little closer to home. Is something in jeopardy? Is something going to happen at Marshall University? Can they hang on? Can they hold the budget? Have they been doing things quietly behind the scenes to make sure that they can ensure the continuity of the athletic department? Uh, these are questions that I will not ask Jake today, who is the director of multimedia, as these are questions above his pay grade. But uh, nonetheless, these are questions you're going to have to eventually ask or at least if the opportunity presents itself. I mean, I don't think you just phone up the athletic director right now and say, hey, Mike, did you hear Bowling Green's limiting in baseball? What are you doing? Are you cutting programs? I don't make that phone call. But I will acknowledge, I'm sure there's been some speculation. Hey, what's Marshall going to do financially? Is Marshall in a place where they're going to be okay? Those are questions that are out there, and I do acknowledge those. But at the same time, no news is good news. I'm going to take it as that. All right, let's switch gears. When we come back from break, We'll talk to Jake, the director of multimedia for Marshall University Athletics, Jake Griffith, my guest, when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Joining us on the program now, if you look at his bio on HerdZone.com, it describes Jake Griffith as a young, up-and-coming sports broadcaster who is currently serving as the director of multimedia for Marshall University Athletics. Jake Griffith joins us on the program now. Did you write that, young, up-and-coming sports broadcaster, or did McGill write that? You know, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both, just to be fair to Chuck. You know, he, Chuck looks out for me. He's a good guy, so I, I'm sure he, he flipped that in there a little bit. Jake's joining us on the program. This is sort of a health and wellness check of people at Marshall University. Today's Jake's turn. To, uh, we're checking in on him. Uh, I'm going to circle back. You know, maybe I'll get Mike Hamrick here in a few weeks, check on him. He's been pretty busy. You know, uh, we'll circle around, get McGill. Uh, now, answer me this. You work for McGill. McGill works for you. Or is it a little bit of both? Oh, gosh, no. I completely work under the direction of Chuck McGill. There, there's no question about that whatsoever. He, you know, I think I think he'd be okay with me saying 
I have the hair in the workplace relationship, but then he's got the, the control over everything else. Okay, that's fair. You know what? And I've seen your hair, and I can't imagine what it looks like now. I'm sure – I think I look like you and then some um, – because I haven't seen a – I haven't seen scissors or anything in a long time. Um, I ordered razors. They're, they should be here this weekend. I've ordered razors. I finally got through to the person that I – go get my haircut out regularly shout out in style salon in barbersville they did not uh, pay me to endorse them they're just great people um i finally was able to get an appointment scheduled I, i'm going on tuesday to get my haircut but i don't think it's been this long since 2016 2015 and if mr hammock's listening to this i know he always tells me to cut my hair so they'll have a heart attack i, I know that that's pretty long but in fairness we are. We have been under quarantine, and things are starting to open back up. But it's it's just getting to the point that it's unmanageable. And and even my my family is telling me, ah, oh, man, you gotta get a haircut. That doesn't even look good. And you know, when your family's telling you that, then it's you know they they basically have to be nice to you. And so when your family's telling you get a haircut, you know it's a little it's a little too much. Dude, you're a hockey fan. You got hockey hair. I have hockey hair. I mean, that's I'm embracing it. <laughs> That's my argument, too, and they don't want to hear it. You know, oh, you don't play hockey anymore. You're retired. Uh, whatever, you know, whatever. No, hockey hair, that's what I'm going with right now. I just haven't de- de- decided which hockey head that I have right now, but it's all going soon. It's all going soon. Well, you know, when I when I run the comb through it in the morning, it looks really good. It's all kind of slicked back and stays in place. And then once it dries, I look like I stuck my finger in a light socket. So... You know, I kind of see their argument a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe it's time to, to, to part ways with the, with the long hair. Jake Griffith joining us, the director of multimedia for Marshall University Athletics. So you've been cooped up in the house. You've been quarantined. But that doesn't mean you've had a free ride for these last two months. Come on. I see the social media all the time. <laughs> Somebody's putting that video stuff up. That's you. Well, you know, and, and that's. Uh, yeah, I'm a big team guy, obviously. I played organized team sports growing up. It extends my mentality for my career. You know, shout out, I think, to the whole Marshall Athletics, uh, you know, team, the external team. You know, they, they've, myself, Tyler Abel, Caleb Bailey, those guys making the graphics, Taylor Rain, you know, Chuck, all those guys. We've, we've been staying busy, you know. I mean, we just trying to churn out content as best as we possibly can. And, you know, and, and majority of it has been, uh, you know, something that I've done throughout my career with Marshall, but more so lately because of the, you know, don't have access to cameras and things. And that's been me taking more of a behind the camera role as opposed to, uh, yeah, I think you and I both could agree. It, it, in years past, it's been a 50-50 split. Uh, a lot of times I appear on camera. It's kind of one of my one of my gigs for uh, Marshall Athletics. But, you know, shout out to the whole, the whole crew. I mean, everybody's been working hard. We've been, you know, having Zoom calls and checking in with each other and communication lines have been very, very, very open. Uh, it, it's, it's honestly like a normal work environment minus seeing people in the flesh every day. What's my camera look like now? What's the, what's the hammer hair? Are you conferencing with him? That's, that's the big question I want to know. How, how's my camera? You know, I will say, so I helped film the, uh, the virtual uh, fountain ceremony ahead of what would have been the day of the spring football game. And when I saw him, very kept up nice. It looks like he's had a trim, you know, and it looks good. It looks professional. It's clean shaven. 
I will say I was very surprised when I saw President Gilbert for the first time, and he was rocking the goatee. I was like, wow, okay, I like that. It's a nice change. But, you know, hey, I got to give Mr. Hamrick credit. He's keeping up the, the professionalism appearance. How's that work, putting together these productions in a, uh, a COVID-19 pandemic? You know, it, it requires us to get creative as far as, you know, the message stays the same. We want to keep martial athletics in sort of the forefront of everybody's minds as, as more, more so now as a, as a distraction to the news cycle of the bad that's going on. You know, but it does require us to get creative. You have to figure out ways to get in contact with the athletes and, uh, you know, sort of walk them through virtually what we want them to do. I know the big thing that we did when all of the COVID-19 stuff reared its ugly head back in March uh, around here was uh, we did the workout series. You know, we would reach out to the coaches. The coaches would reach out to their athletes. And we had a great response on that. And that's a that's a testament to I think how much the athletes want to be involved in in spreading the message about martial athletics, and it's a testament to uh, the relationship that the coaches have with their athletes. We we I mean we had enough of that content to last us. If I'm not mistaken, two and a half weeks we did that. In addition to we had coaches reading some bedtime stories that kids could listen to. You know, just creative things like that. So as opposed to not having anything, and then trying to pop back up in August and saying, hey, by the way, don't forget about it. You know you need a cooking series with Ari Agnes. Oh, oh, I agree. I agree 100%. That'd be fantastic. I mean, that'd be – I'd be down for that. I don't know what she would cook, but I, I think it would be a wonderful series because, you know, talking to her a few weeks ago and, and they were doing things on Zoom and – she sounds like she's taking all this in stride and having fun with it, but they're doing things like uh, all baking together at the same time. And, and I'm sure you would love to get video of all of that and just put that out there if you could. Well, hey, and, you know, better them cooking than me because I'm a horrible cook. Um, I do a good job at baking. Baking's always been my forte. I can whip up a pretty bean carrot cake. But better them cooking the food than me because I would end up just burning it or, or what have you. What are the challenges for you personally? I know professionally you've been pretty busy with trying to keep up on everything with multimedia. You're having the Zoom conferences. But just personally, how has this impacted you? For me, it feels like not much has changed other than the days seem to blend because I'm still here at the radio station being, you know, we were deemed essential. You, you had the shelter in place. So it's been completely different for you. You know, I I won't lie. It's been very difficult for me uh since the sports were shuttered and things things of that nature as you know and and, you know probably a lot of people that are listening know i also do play-by-play uh on the digital network for cusa as well as espn3 plus watch stadium things of that nature um that's been the the biggest uh difficulty for me is not being able to do that um i remember when i got the text from chuck about you know the cancellation of the FIU Marshall softball series, and I was in the thick of prepping for that, and that was very disappointing. But also at the same time, it's for the safety of everybody, and so that's the thing that I always tell people is, yeah, it's been difficult for me and it's disappointing, but I would rather not have sports at the moment and everybody be healthy and safe than just me be you know 
placated and have my sports and people are, are you know, getting sick all over the place. But I, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest thing I've learned since being sort of in the shelter in place is I, the art of taking care of your mental health. I know that that's been an aspect that a lot of athletes, especially at the professional level, Kevin Love comes to mind. Uh, they've, they have not been shy about talking about their mental health, about the, you know, the, the mental side of sports. There's an aspect of that that goes into sports broadcasting. I remember a couple years ago, I was talking to John Elmore, not to name drop, but we were just sitting in the Henderson Center, and I explained to him that in a lot of ways, broadcasters and the athletes that they cover, they're more alike than people realize. You know, the broadcasters, we go to the practices, we talk to the players. You know, a lot of times during football season, I'll get up and go shoot weightlifting and things like that. So I, I, my schedule at times mirrors that of the athlete, and that extends to away from sports as well. You know, as disappointed as they are to not play, I'm, I'm right there with them. And so there is a big mental aspect that goes into, uh, you know, any sort of media, whether you're news, you know, anchor, reporter, MMJ, you're a play-by-play guy. And, and the hardest part for me, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend, she was deemed an essential employee. Um, she worked, uh, at a, at a housing complex here. And so she was still going in. So I spent a lot of days, uh, good portions of them by myself. And that's not really something that I've had to do a lot in my life. Uh, you know, and that was something I had to come to terms with and, and had to figure out how to truly be alone. And I think that that, from that aspect, the shelter in place has kind of taught me a lot about myself personally. Um, and, you know, it's it's probably something I wouldn't have taken the time to really sit down and ponder if we were still in the, the you know, the melee, the, the mayhem, the constant 24-7 go, 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 which, as you and I both know, is college and professional athletics. Yeah, I wish we could find a happy medium because it feels like the days have blended. I don't know if this is Thursday, Friday, Tuesday, Saturday, you know, what hour this is. You know, thankfully, I do have some benchmarks to keep me you know, situated, but the time just stops sometimes, and it just sits there. And we're talking about on the show the same thing over and over and over, mm-hmm. and it gets so monotonous sometimes for me. And honestly, I feel like I'm in the doldrums sometimes because we're talking about snails. You know, when's the um, when's the sports coming back? It's a, it's a snail race right now. Thankfully, we got racing coming back this weekend. Right. You know, and that that is you know when I when I hear that news of I did I think I saw earlier on Twitter while I was working out that uh um that the city of Boston is is pondering letting the professional sports teams play without fans. You know, for me, I kind of do. At, Part of me, you know, oh, wow, we're, we're starting to get back to normalcy. But at the same time, like I said earlier, you know, I, as much as I miss sport and as, as disappointing it is for me not to have any games to call, because at the end of the day, as, as much multimedia stuff as I do behind the camera, you know, lending my voice to packages and things like that, at the end of the day, the play-by-play side of my job is what I've always wanted to do, and it's what I'm going to want to always do. At, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's just it's been that's been my lifelong dream uh, since I was eight years old. You know, I'm I'm, a, I'm someone that grew up in the shadow of the Arch in St. Louis. You know, obviously the the Buck family, Jack and Joe Buck, those are very prominent play-by-play guys. Bob Costas passed through St. Louis as the voice of the St. Louis Spirits, the the old basketball team, and so there's a heavy play-by-play influence 
on my life and it's what I've wanted to do. And so as disappointing it is for me personally to not have that opportunity to call these games, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it, to me, the safety and the health of everybody from the fans, the people that, that put the production on behind the scenes, uh, to the athletes, that that's paramount. And so I will always be willing to sacrifice my opportunities to do play by play or whatever sports related. If it means it will keep people healthy and alive. Jake Griffith is joining us. He is the director of multimedia for Marshall university athletics. So now I don't know if you have the answer or if you can share the answer. So I'll understand if you can't, but I know plans with every university have been formulated multiple times. What do we do if we're in this point? What do we do here? As far as events are concerned, do you see maybe a plan for, okay, if we get back here for at least the short term, we might not have fans. That means probably a lot of work for you because we're still want to see those games and hear those games. And then, of course, you and the voice, Steve Cotton, will definitely be busy. Just don't know what that looks like. You know, I can honestly say that I don't know uh, are in place. If there are any, those are not uh, conversations that I've been privy to. Uh, that, that's kind of one of the things that I, I uh, um, you know, I, I hope that if we get the all clear that we can play with fan, without fans, we, we know, obviously it's preferable to have fans. I know that, uh, you know, as a broadcaster, having fans in the arena makes my life easier because I can build off their energy. You know, I, I cut my teeth in the NAIA level. and I called plenty of sporting events where there were maybe 15 people in attendance. That's tough. I mean, that, that's hard. I know that Joe Buck, uh, I follow him on Twitter. He, he's been going rounds with people on Twitter who are, are kind of misquoting him. He was talking about how Fox is discussing whether or not to pipe artificial crowd noise in uh, if there are games that will not have fans in attendance, which you know professionally looks like they're sort of trending in that direction. You know, that, that would be a good sort of happy medium if you can't have fans. But as far as the localized level here at Marshall, I don't know what those plans are. Um, and I know that that's something that obviously there have to, there has to be discussions with the, the conference USA, the, the university president, th- things like that. And so I haven't really heard anything. I haven't really necessarily asked that question either. Um, just as a kind of, I guess, stay in my lane type idea. Um, but I, my hope is we can get we can find something, right? You know, we, we can find a way to, to do this, whether it's, you know, no fans or, you know, the, the stadiums are only allowed to be 25% capacity and everybody's just at six feet apart, you know, whatever. The, the hope is that at the end of the day, the situation will have improved enough in this country that will allow all leagues, all universities, all professional teams to, to play in some form or fashion, to borrow a phrase from the governor. Yeah, and I, I hope I didn't put you on the spot there. It wasn't my intention, but being Not at all. one of the guys who calls the action, at least I know Marshall is set up. You don't necessarily need to be in the direct arena or on the mm-hmm. facility to call the game. Of course, you still have to have cameras, but I mean, I know – Lots of plans have been put in place from the major leagues and professional sports. And you know, the NHL is talking about maybe having robotic cameras and the NBA as well, which 
you know, is bad for uh, future camera operators, but good from a standpoint that you can limit contact and exposure and still call the game and, and probably get some unique angles as well. And you know, I'm just kind of curious, you know, that might be eventually the lifeblood of Marshall University for a long time, Jake, because if it's not you, it's the voice of the herd, Steve Cotton, giving us the action. We might not be able to watch it in person, but that's still the connection we would want and thrive to have because without it, you know, you, you know what the last two months have looked like. Right. Oh, and it, it's been, yeah, it's been a tough last two months from a, from a sports standpoint. You know, I will say that in my particular position as the TV digital play-by-play, um, the one thing that, that that side of broadcasting has is in the basement of the Cam Henderson Center in what used to be the old track and field office. One half of it, actually 75% of it, they cleared out and turned into what is master control for herd vision. But there's an extra additional little room that they turned into a remote studio. You know, it doesn't get much use because, the, like you said, ideally you want to be on site. You want to be there courtside in the booth, you know, on the sky deck at the Joan, what have you. But that is an option for me personally, at least, that, it, you know, if, if we do get the all clear for sports to resume, that, that might be an avenue that, that can be explored if, if I can't, for my own safety, be actually on site. You know what that means? That means uh, I'm going to have a lot more people in my press row area because I'm the furthest <laughs> away from the court you possibly can be on press row. I have my own wing of the Henderson Center for basketball. Um, and can you imagine if we're social distancing in the press box for football, maybe um, five or six of us at most, and, and maybe I get I get the golden ticket. I get to be in the in the press box. <laughs> i got to be really nice to Jason Courier or maybe not nice to Jason Courier, depending on the situation. <laughs> Uh, at that point, I think just have a raffle, put everybody's name on a, a little ping pong ball, do like the NBA draft lottery just to keep it fair. I mean, it's going to, you know, that's the that's the interesting thing about how sports are going to adapt that people don't even think about. That You know, they, they look at the fan aspect, they look at, you know, the, the player aspect, but from our standpoint, the media, like you mentioned, you know, how is uh, how the press box setting going to work under social distancing guidelines if those are extended you know it's it's setting up a really 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 interesting conversation that's going to require a lot of universities and and leagues and teams to get creative uh i I think that you know bundesliga is coming back the premier league is coming back myself i'm a huge premier league guy marshall men's soccer coach chris grassi and i we we bonded over that when he first got here you know i think that those leagues are going to allow sports fans, even casual sports fans, to kind of get a glimpse into what the immediate future of sports is going to look like. And it's going to allow us as well, to, as media, to, to kind of get a glimpse as, as to what uh, the future of sports is going to look like and, and seeing whether or not the models that they're choosing to go with are sustainable, if that makes any sense. Speaking of soccer, did your jaw drop when you saw Cincinnati drop soccer? I was surprised, honestly. I, I remember seeing that on Twitter, and I was very, very surprised. You know, they they do have uh, some successful, uh, not some, uh, a successful history. Um, they're, it's obviously the University of Cincinnati. It's, a, it's a, thought of as a bigger school and a, and a bigger market. I was very shocked, and I think that that was kind of the, uh, the eye-opener, uh, per se, for a lot of people as to how wide-ranging and how uh, deep uh, the, the impact of not having sports 
is going to run. I, I know just today Bowling Green dropped baseball, and that's amazing considering the athletic director at Bowling Green. He's a baseball alum of Bowling Green. He's on the baseball uh, c- committee, the, the NCAA baseball committee. And so, you know, it's, it's creating difficult conversations for a lot of universities. I know Old Dominion in Conference USA, although their wrestling program doesn't compete, they had to drop wrestling. And that was a big, big talking point uh, through the Old Dominion channels that I follow on, on social media. Uh, you know, they that's a program that they're very, very successful in wrestling, or at least they were Old Dominion. And so I, I think it's it's really opening people's eyes as, as to just how negative the impacts of not having sports for the past couple months and potentially not having sports in the future run. It's been, it's really been difficult to see as a sports fan. You know, you you hate to hear that programs are being dropped and and people are without a sport to play. You know, I mentioned earlier, I've wanted to be a broadcaster since I was eight. A lot of these athletes, they wanted to be an athlete since they were a kid. And then, you know, it's a, it's a tough decision to make. I do not envy any of the people that have to make that decision because that is gut wrenching. And I just, I feel for the athletes. I feel for the coaches. I feel for the people that have to make the decision to pull the plug. I mean, it's a lose, lose, lose for everybody involved. I don't know how you feel about this, but you've seen here in the last few days, conferences are going to uh, either a shortened tournament season or not having postseason tournaments, maybe in the interim. Uh, I'm kind of split on it, but I like the fact that the season means more. Sure, you want to invite everyone, but I like the fact that the season's meaning more, but I hate the fact that we're talking about this because we're all trying to figure out how to save programs, and if not having a soccer tournament means that a university in Conference USA gets to have a soccer program, I'm kind of on board with it. You know, what's your perspective of this? You know, it's 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 interesting you mentioned soccer because when I heard about, I, I believe it was the MAC that announced that they were going to axe their soccer tournament for the next couple of years. Um, you know, I think about West Virginia. You know, Marshall matched up with WVU in the NCAA soccer tournament. I was a very talked about matchup. Akron won the regular season. WVU barely eked into the conference tournament, and then they went. They won the thing. They beat Butler in the opening round, and then they eventually bowed out to Marshall. But, you know, a very good season for, for WVU. When you don't have tournaments, it does sort of rob you of that, uh, to borrow a term from college basketball, the Cinderella story. You know, I mean, how many times have we seen teams get hot at the right moment, they run the table in their conference tournament, no matter what the sport is, and then they eventually make some noise in, in postseason play in, in the NCAA tournament. So I do think that, it's a worthwhile conversation to have, as like you mentioned, as far as trying to get creative, thinking of ways to, to save money. You know, it, it places a higher emphasis on the regular season. But also, the other side of that conversation is, like I said, you know, potentially you might be robbing a team of an opportunity for that Cinderella run. You know, I, I, I'm sure that you know going into that Mac that Mac tournament. The, the feeling around the WVU men's soccer program was that no one else but us believes we could do this. And they did it. They they won, uh, I think, three matches in three days or four matches in four days or, or whatever it is. Lots of travel. I remember talking 
with their SID and, and their then head coach, Marlon LeBlanc, about how much travel they went through because the opening rounds of it were campus sites and then it was uh, a centralized location. And so, you know, it, it's, again, it, it goes back to, it, that's a difficult conversation as well as, as far as, you know, do we, do we get rid of a tournament here? And, and, and I know from a Conference USA standpoint, I, don't, I have no idea what their plans are. You know, there's been no indication you and I both know this from the league office that they're even contemplating that, you know, really they, they've been kind of operating under the you know, status quo. And so from a conference USA standpoint, the hope is that, you know, those things don't, don't have to fall by the wayside for the immediate future. Cause I know selfishly, at least for me, I enjoy, I mean, I went out to old dominion who hosted the men's soccer tournament and I called that entire tournament, you know, seven matches in three days, on, on ESPN plus. And then two years ago, I Marshall hosted the volleyball tournament. I got to call all those matches. That was seven matches. In three days. Puts a strain on your voice, of course, but from a selfish standpoint, that's why I wouldn't want those things to fall by the wayside. Cause I love doing that. the opportunity and memories that are made. You know, it was great this year that Marshall won the men's soccer tournament, but had Charlotte won the men's soccer tournament, you know, yeah, the Marshall fan in me, you know, my mom was a Marshall alum and I'm a Marshall alum. You know, the Marshall fan in me would have been a little bummed, but it's just making the memories. And the same thing can be said for the athletes too. You know, it's, it's the, the idea of, of making those memories. So for certain sports that those tournaments are being kind of pushed away for the, for the foreseeable future, you know, you hate to see it basically for, for those kids, because that's a, that's an opportunity to make memories that they might not otherwise have. But as you mentioned, it's not just for no reason. There are valid reasons why those things are going away for, in certain leagues. Jake Griffiths joining us, a young and upcoming sports broadcaster, currently the director of multimedia at Marshall University Athletics. Okay, if I can get a hold of two copies of NHL 20, you can call the match between me and Bill Cornwell. You know, I'm in. I'm in. I, I actually I have CS4 in the living room. I... I do not play it. It's a, it's a digital copy, but I, uh, yeah. I, you know, and honestly, I had tossed around the idea. Stevie Browning and I had tossed around the idea of getting together. We found updated rosters for NCAA uh, Basketball 10. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody remembers that game. It's one of the, my, me personally, I think it's one of the greatest video games ever created. To have Gus Johnson and Bill Raftery in a video game is fantastic. But I digress. Stevie and I had thrown out the idea of getting together and using just using the, the most recent mock NCAA tournament bracket and putting it together and then calling those games. And it just kind of fell by the wayside because there were, you know, there's uncertainty as far as like, we don't know who either of us have been exposed to things of that nature. You know, you obviously health and safety uh, are, are first and foremost, but you know, I, I, some mornings I will, get on my recumbent bike in the living room that I purchased and I'll throw on a CPU versus CPU game on the PS3 or the PS4 and I'll just kind of call it in my head. And, and you know, my, my talent coach that I have, Jill Montgomery, she works with ESPN. That's one thing that she told me it's good to do. You know, it, obviously we, we don't have the opportunity as broadcasters to get those live reps uh, for softball and baseball and, and things like that. So we got to cr- get creative. We got to get creative as ourse- ourselves to, to stay on top of our game because at some point sports will come back. You know, it may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. It may not be in a couple months, but at some point sports will come back. And as broadcasters, much like the athletes, 
we have to stay on our game. We have to stay polished and ready to go when our number gets called. You can call my games of Madden. Um, I My quarterback, <laughs> um, I um, I picked him up off free agency because, well, you know, roster changes. So uh, Andrew Luck replaces um, Andy Dalton for the Bengals. I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, come on. I mean, I couldn't draft Joe Burrow because that's the that's the next edition they're going to charge me sixty dollars for. But you know, right? Yeah, I just, I've always thought that they should just charge for a roster. Like, if you don't want to buy a new game, charge like fifteen bucks for a roster. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. But you know, I know that 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 that's only if we lived in a perfect world, and I think we all know that. The world is not a perfect place. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Jay Griffith joining us. He is the director of multimedia for Marshall University Athletics. Catch all the things that he posts and all the social media accounts. And uh, we'll do this again real soon because I have a feeling we're going to be here for a few months. So um, just yeah, keep ready. I'll be waiting by the phone. You know, you just you call. You got my number. I got your number. You call me. I'll pick up because, like I said to you before we went on. You know, I'm I'm starting to border on stir crazy. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty I'm like my father. My my dad he goes a thousand miles an hour in everything he does, and I literally not just looks but personality was spitting image of my father. I mean, I go a thousand miles an hour, and when somebody hits the e brake and you go full stop, and I just kind of sit on my couch and watch reruns of The Last Dance until the next Sunday when the next two episodes come out. You know, you get bored after a while, <laughs> so. Uh, Anytime. I, I will always pick up the phone. Jake Griffith, young and upcoming sports broadcaster. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on, Paul. Jake Griffith, everybody, the director of multimedia for Marshall University Athletics. We have more on the way when we continue on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan, your host. That's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank my guest today for coming on the program. More of a health and wellness check for both of us. Great guy, really. I mean, you need to check him out on Twitter. Jake Griffith he is the director of multimedia at Marshall University, and that's going to do it for this edition of the program. Back on Monday, we'll do it all over again. That's right, still here. How long have we been doing this now without sports? What, two months at least? What, nine, ten weeks? Is, is that the ma- I, I've lost track of all time, it feels like, some days. But we're a little closer. We're going to have racing to talk about on Monday. There's a possibility we might get baseball back sometime in July. That's a possibility. We might hear on the NBA and the NHL. Who knows? Every day is going to be like Christmas when it comes to these sports announcing their plans. That's going to do it back on Monday here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.